Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everyone, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm William. And I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, and today we are venturing to Jehenna. Hey Brian. Hey Will. How are you doing today? I'm good. It's uh, hot. It's yeah, hot. It's finally it's, it's finally hot, hot here in SoCal. <laughs> yes. Um we're we're Thanks to uh, the wonderful people that support the show, we are able to make some changes upcoming very soon. soon to our but not studio. now. Not today. <laughs> now it's hot. Today, we've had a contractor come. We're going to set up an official studio space, and it's going to keep us cool while we record-ish. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to sound a lot better in here from a professional standpoint. And it's all thanks to you guys, so thank you very much. But before thank you we indeed. get into anything specific, right. we have... Somebody to thank and shout do. out. Do you have the details, William? On yes, everything? I do. Uh, RPG Foundry, which is a uh, RPG f- flavored uh, T-shirt shop on Amazon, has sent us these awesome shirts. Look at my shirt. Never it's split the party. Awesome. You is... even have to bathe together. I'm going to stand up in case you can't see this. Never split that. Never split. Never split. Yeah. Um, thank you, RPG Foundry. We love the shirts. And if you guys like the shirts, too, link will be in the description. Again, they sell their shirts on Amazon, and the company name is RPG Foundry. What do you think about the shirt's fit and feel? Because I like it a lot. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fitting my body it's a in a form way. fitting? Yeah, I, I feel comfortable in it. it and the um, Inspiring me to lose a few more LBs? The, the art is... Uh, <laughs> I think it's actually very slimming because of the black yeah. in the background. Mm, but uh, the art sits in a way on the shirt that makes me appreciate it. Indeed, you know it's not like it's it. not blocky. It, it looks very, you know, I like it. The colors are vibrant. The um, colors are vibrant, and I, I like the art style. And the yeah, art style, it's a, it's the a good looking shirt. Is, is magical and. I'd fantasy. wear this shirt to the brewery. I would wear this shirt in the tub if it was appropriate uh, to kind of imitate what's going on <laughs> in the art. But uh, yeah, don't split the party is good advice. So thank you very much to RPG Foundry for providing these shirts for us, which we will wear for the duration of the episode. Indeed, and they don't require concentration checks because they're shirts and not spells. Indeed. Are you ready to get into it? Today? I'm ready to get deep into Jehenna. So it's very Gehenna? fitting how hot it is today because the place we're going to is also blisteringly hot. It's not as hot as you, William. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, there is more to the lower planes of the cosmos than just the abyss and the nine hells. In fact, there are five entire other planes of existence down there, each thoroughly evil in alignment, connected by the meandering river Styx. Most of them, including the one we are covering today, are inhabited by fiends, and not just devils and demons, but eugoliths as well. 
And as it is the year of the fiend here on the Dungeon Cast, I felt there was no more of an appropriate time to dive into the bleak eternity of Gehenna than today. Is this like a little fiend vacation spot for our friends in this oh, yeah. year of the friend fiend? Most definitely. Definitely. Most definitely. Okay. Yeah. Maybe they'll be in a hot tub like the people on our shirts. They could be. I mean, it'd be full of hot magma, but yeah. Liquid hot magma. <laughs> Gehenna, also known as the Fourfold Furnaces, is an outer plane of existence representing alignments between neutral evil and lawful evil. It is made up of four layers, callus, Chamada, Mungoth, and Krangath. These four layers are infinite in scope, but the gravity on each pulls at a 45-degree angle to the ground, making travelers feel as if they are on the side of a mountain with no base and no peak. Oh, wow. It so is forever. So the ground could be flat, but the gravity is what's pulling at an angle. Exactly. So, like, for intents and purposes, the ground isn't flat. Ooh, yeah. okay. Gotcha. Um, an eternal slope or fall, if you will. Dang. Mm -hmm. So this is a place for goats. Yeah, goats thrive here. Evil goats. Yeah, those Gehenna goats, man. Oh, is that a 92-degree angle? Let me walk that. <laughs> Anyone losing their footing uh, could tumble for miles or kilometers before finding enough purchase on the slope to halt their fall, which can and does lead to many violent deaths as bones are snapped and flesh is torn by the increasing velocity of mile-long descents racked against the hellish terrain. Or kilometer-long descents. That, yes, true. <laughs> to make matters worse, most of the terrain in Jehenna is anywhere from slick and wet to blatant rivers of water or worse of lava. In fact, most of the heat and light in Jehenna comes from the volcanic activity on the plain. Lava flows, vents, fumaroles, and tar pits are quite common here. Earthquakes and volcanic eruptions continuously tear the land apart on the surface layer on the deeper... On the deeper, hotter layers, unprotected flammable items and creatures tend to catch fire from the glowing ground or superheated gases being ejected. So it's just a it's just a volcano. You're just walking around on a volcano. Yeah, an eternal volcano. Okay, a I volcano mean, that never stops. That might be somebody's jam. It could be. It probably not is. mine. No, but it could be. Okay. This is not a nice place, is the next line I wrote. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Sorry if you thought it was going to be before we got started. As one would imagine, all structures built here have to be built onto or carved into the slope that is, you know, everything. Everything's a slope. There's oh, right. No, there's okay. no flat ground to build anything on. I got you. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's not, the ground is at an angle. Well, I mean, it is. It's, if, if the planet you're on is pulling you at a 45 degree angle, then everything is on a slope. Okay. Yeah, it's just like your perspective will be that you're on a slope, not that like the ground is flat and you're you're sideways. Okay. I think I think I get it. Okay. Uh, before we get further into the D and D lore of Jehenna, did you know that Jehenna is a real actual place? That doesn't sound right. <laughs> in real life, Jehenna is actual valley in Jerusalem and has been used as an analog of hell or lake of fire in Jewish and Christian tradition. Oh, cool. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's that's interesting yeah. for sure. I have a quote here from Britannica.com on the topic of Jehenna. Jehenna, also called, oh God. Jehenna, also called Jehinnom, uh, abode of the damned in the afterlife in Jewish and Christian S. Eschatology. Eschatology, thank you. The doctrine of last things. Named in the New Testament in Greek form from the Hebrew Jehinnom, meaning Valley of Hinnom. Jehenna originally was a valley west and south of Jerusalem where children were burned to sacrifices to, to the Ammonite god Moloch, oh. which is funny. Moloch is the name of a archdevil in the Nine Hells. Yeah, so they're really drawing the inspiration mm -hmm. from this ancient mm -hmm. text. Okay. This practice was carried out by the Israelites during the reign of King, reigns of King Solomon in the 10th century BC and King um, Manasseh in the 7th century BC and continued until the Babylonian exile in the 6th century. Jehenna later was made a garbage center to discourage the reintroduction of such sex. 
sacrifice. So it just became a waste dump so that yes. people didn't want to go there because it stinks. According to this, yes. Uh, I mean, that's one way to take care of a problem. <laughs> the imagery of the burning of humans supplied the concept of hellfire to Jewish and Christian. How did you say it? Esch eschatology. Eschatology. Uh, mentioned several times in the New Testament um, as a place in which fire will destroy the wicked. It also is noted in the Talmud, a companion of Jewish law, lore, and commentary, as a place of purification, after which one is released from further torture. I see. Okay. Back. Very, very interesting. To D&D's version of Jehenna. Okay, let's do it. Let's go back. Roll some dice. Roll like, some dice. Feel fantasy Swing right now. Swing a sword. Uh, Jehenna is the plane of suspicion and greed. It is the birthplace of the Eugoliths, which dwell here in great numbers. Jehenna has no room for mercy or compassion. The fiends living here are among the greediest and most selfish in all the multiverse. So that's interesting. So these, these fiends are born outside of the abyss and the nine hells yeah and, the eugoliths and you right yeah, because yeah. that's their whole thing they are they are different so they're from somewhere different i'm sure we've yes. covered that in the yes. past okay. yes in in the eugoliths episode which was a long time ago yeah absolutely most of your eugoliths that aren't like directly involving themselves in the blood war are either here in Jehenna or in the uh the great wastes of hades great waste of hades and the river Styx runs through all this stuff right all if the I lower remember? planes okay yeah, all the Got lower it. planes so yeah um there is an awesome optional rule in the Dungeon Master's Guide for when you're on different outer planes. Okay. Um, this one is for Johanna and is called Cruel Hindrance. Excuse me. The plane's cruel nature makes it difficult for visitors to help one another. Whenever a visitor casts a spell with a beneficial effect, including a spell that restores hit points or removes a condition, the caster must first make a DC 10 charisma saving throw. On a failed save, the spell fails, and the spell slot is expended, and the action is wasted. That's interesting. Yeah, so it's like, no, you can't help people here. Wow. That's that's really interesting. Yeah. We're, we're, the, we're the plane of greed and selfishness, damn it. <laughs> you don't do, we don't do that here. Altruism is not allowed. <laughs> um, the only creatures known to be native to the plane outside of Eugoliths are creatures called Barghests. They are, a, they are lupine fiends that can take the shape of uh, wolves or goblins as well. Okay, cool. Um, Very but cool. I think in their normal form, they're they're kind of they're they're wolf like. They're on four legs. I think they got like a human like face. They're really ugly. They're okay, re they're really ugly. Okay, um, and they're quite evil. Um, and also pyroclastic dragons, true dragons with scales of broken obsidian and hot magma. Um, all other creatures that dwell in here originally came to Kana. Uh, from the adjacent lower planes, mostly to hide from more powerful beings that wish to enslave them. Uh, Gehenna is often a plane of exile for the less powerful arch devils and daemon taskmasters. So people in exile. I see. Here a lot. Okay, this is starting to remind me of the Wyverns episode because we mm. couldn't decide if we want to say Wyvern or Wyvern. Yeah, so I'm I going see back you switching Gehenna back and Gehenna. forth. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> I, see, I see a G. I want to go guh. Yeah. Sorry. Me too. Yeah. Anyways, uh, even lesser deities tend to avoid Gehenna. Uh, those that lean toward law are recruited into the hierarchy of the nine hells, and those that favor chaos tend towards Hades or the Abyss. Mm, okay. Any questions before we start diving into the individual layers of Gehenna? This is a, a generally as a blanket, you know, zoomed out thing is, is a very interesting looking place. I'm picturing like dry, arid, lots of brown. I, uh, I mean, it could be lots of brown. I picture lots of black. So, like, you, we're going to get into it when we start talking about the layers, but there's very, very little light in any of these places. Oh, okay. It's very so hard to see. It's hard to see. Yeah. It's interesting. So it looks like uh, night without stars or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I... Um, okay, so um, I don't know how familiar you are with the moons of Jupiter, but... Somewhat. I would say that uh, Gehenna would be... 
very, very reminiscent to walking on the surface of the moon Io. Are you familiar with the moon yeah, Io? Super the, volcano yeah, place. super volcano place. Might be life there. Yeah, I'm not sure if Io has an atmosphere, but if it doesn't, you would look up into the sky and see the black void. Right? I see. Okay. So, sure. so uh, that's that's how I picture this place. So a lot of the light comes from like the energy from the magma. Exactly. Okay. Yes. So we will begin with Callus. Uh, also known as the Gentle Lands. This is not an ironic name. <laughs> the uppermost layer of Gehenna is actually the most livable of the four planes for mortals. This is mostly due to the access to water with many waterfalls cascading down the slopes of Callus. Uh, that being said, the largest of these bodies of water is the River Styx, which is not recommended that anyone drink from. Yeah, don't go in there. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't touch it. Uh, the Styx follows a rough path down the slope that is the lair, falling for thousands of miles, running through twisty rapids before finally disappearing down into the underground passages. So it's like a crazy Hawaiian island almost yeah they've got like a like roads that come down from the mountain you can like stop and get out and look at waterfalls and yeah like sure <laughs> yeah except for you know it's eternal darkness in the sky and yeah and there's lupine demons everywhere yeah, exactly. it's just like not, yeah. not like hawaii it's at not all like really hawaii at all that's hilarious. <laughs> Marked by abundant volcanic activity, the air of Calus is saturated with ash and smoke. Close to the ground, the air glows red due to the lava flows reflecting off the smoke. Steam rises from where water and magma on the layer meet and into the infinite and empty black sky, making the horizon glow a dull red. The combination of violent waterfalls, rugged mountainscapes, and glowing magma makes Calus an eerily beautiful place for a lower plane, much like Hawaii at night. <laughs> <laughs> or, or so Brian would say. Yeah, sure. Let's go with that for Cal now. Gallus is direct directly connected to or touched by the astral plane, the gray wastes of Hades, and the nine hells. Uh, the portals to these places in Kalos look like black chasms in the floor of deep underground passages. Markings on walls nearby often indicate the portal's destination if you can read them. I see. Okay. Uh, so what, like infernal or no? Infernal or abyssal? Yeah, not necessarily, but probably one of the one of the evil languages. Would it be? Would primordial be like a like a thing that might sure. be found here? Yeah, sure. Okay. There are two major locations of note in Kalos. One is the Throne of Blood, realm of Bahal, the widely feared Ferunian god of violence and ritualistic murder. <laughs> Great. <laughs> this realm is mysteriously described as feeling particularly alien. Uh, no other details are given in the sources I could find. Um, the second location of note is the Cloudy Path, a bi-directional, always open portal to the quasi-elemental plane of steam. Okay, so you can get okay to the plane of steam, which is between <laughs> the realm of the plane of water and fire. It's it's a right, it's a right. sub realm, yeah. So where the planes rub together like how yeah. water and air make like the blizzard realm or whatever yeah the, the freezing uh the the frost fell the frost what fell. a cool name that's a cool that name. is a cool name uh let's take a short rest. i like blizzard city too let's blizzard take a city <laughs> shout out to demon Goku. shout out to shout out to shout out to Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. 
From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. We've returned. Here we have. Welcome home, everyone. To Johanna. William, what are we... Well, <laughs> let's let's live in dungeon... The, world, the world's <sighs> between the dungeon cast realm, where we talk about promotional things like oh, uh, yes, supporting yes, us on patreon which please, is extremely helpful please. it helps us buy new equipment yeah. like chairs yep, which yep. uh you all have like people on youtube you have seen you've seen the disdain of my chair <laughs> which is done to me uh i did look into fixing it there is a specific way into sitting in it but we will be making that upgrade right now yep. as we talked about at the beginning of the episode we are upgrading our studio space to be more, uh, much more like livable for the few hours that we spend here recording uh, every few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And the time, this is where I mainly spend my time to edit. And right. when the weather gets to extremes, in extreme heat, as it does in our part of Southern California, it is a nightmare to sit here and edit um, and just kind of sweat through it. So yeah, uh, big thank you to everybody on Patreon and to everybody that watches the show and listens to help us get, um, you know, we've been scraping together the pennies to get this project going. We're going to insulate and drywall the area that we are currently sitting in. Yep. And we are going to apply like some soundproofing uh, mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. as we get to that as well. Um, another couple things on the docket is we are going to be upgrading our camera, our lighting, and uh, we're going to be renovating our background just a little bit more. It's pretty much there, but we're going to be doing a couple things. I've recently got a new table that we're going to uh, be sitting at for recording. And the one we're currently at is going to be converted to a desk, which I got for free from some dude in Long Beach. Thanks. <laughs> shout, shout out to him. Thank you, guy in Long Beach. And thanks to uh, my friend Gabe at work who helped me put some wheels on the bottom of it so we can still utilize the space. Uh, you know, we can move the table around as we need to mm-hmm. play uh, Dungeons and Dragons games out here and stuff like that. You know, we're, we're really doing a lot and we've been putting in a lot of work to make the space uh, what it needs to be. We've had a lot of different studio spaces as we've moved through the years, uh, just based off of like, well, we live here now or we need to meet here. Or like this right. place is quiet. But now I think we're able to kind of make a home out of this spot and we're mm-hmm. willing to put in the resources that you guys have kindly provided to us to make that happen. So thank you guys very much. Indeed. And also speaking of Patreon, um, we have a lot of stuff in the works. We got we're going to try and make Patreon uh, much 
more worthwhile, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Subscription, if you will. We're right. planning on having a premiere show that we're going to start recording pretty soon. We're going to have a better merch system. We're trying to give multi multiple merch items out um, a year rather than one a year. Ooh, and uh, we're working on a system where we play Dungeons and Dragons with, with people patrons. on Patreon. Yes, if absolutely. that's something you're interested in, we are going to have a tier dedicated to that sort of thing. We're still working mm -hmm. out the kinks. We're going to try and figure out how to optimize it and make sure that we get everybody that wants to play a game in those tiers, uh, you know, a chance to play, a chance yeah. to play. Obviously yeah. there's going to be scheduling things. We're going to be a lot of shuffling around. Yeah. That's what the kind of the issue is. We're going to be working out how to get the rhythm of that going yes. and to make sure that everybody is uh, appeased and happy, but definitely start checking that out. Those changes are going to start happening. The actual play stuff that's there now is going to start uh, leaking its way out into the public. So if you've been hearing us talk about that for a lot of years now, you're going to have a chance to listen to that without being on yeah. Patreon. That being said, it's going to be replaced by things by new stuff. Um, yeah. You know, that it's going to be on a release schedule. Higher, higher end on. stuff as well, too. Also, if you feel like uh, telling us what to do, being our boss, you know. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. We're going to give you guys some topics to vote on, uh, and we will re record Dungeon Cast episodes based on what people in Patreon want to say. There's a lot of people Indeed. in Discord that are like, hey, we want to make suggestions for yeah. what you guys should talk about. People on YouTube do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, we, we have a system that we put in place to keep recording uh, episodes, you know, um, uh, in a certain way that helps us get it done and record it. Mm -hmm. But we want to throw that out to our patrons to, to be able to vote on. So we're probably going to start doing that stuff soon. So if that interests you, uh, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash the dungeon cast. Lots of cool stuff on the way right now. You can get early episodes ad free. That's not going to change. You also get episode show notes and, uh, character sheets from our character builder episodes, things like that. But, um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of cool stuff, a lot of cool changes to keep an eye out for So thanks for your support. And, um, yeah, let's get back to the episode. Back to this horrible, horrible place. Ah, I love horrible <laughs> places. It's one of my favorite things to talk about on the Dungeon Cast. So next up is Chamada the Molten, the second layer of Gehenna. Uh, a blended drink, a blended <laughs> hot drink. Give me that hot molten Chamada. I'll have one Chamada, please. I'll have one Chamada, please. Extra evil cinnamon. <laughs> It's better than regular cinnamon, it's, that's for it's, sure. Yeah, it's way better because you feel nasty when you're doing it, <laughs> when you're drinking so, it. This is the most violently active layer of Gehenna, with lava cascades thousands of miles wide and city-sized volcanoes yawning open on the slopes. And all the people hyped up on that Chamada. That, <laughs> that cin evil cinnamon really gets your metabolism going. <laughs> A lot of caffeine in that drink. The air here is foul with acrid smoke for miles above the surface and can cause blindness to unprotected eyes and has the effect of a stinking cloud spell. We should look that up. Look up the stinking clouds. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Uh, on the lungs. So specifically on the lungs, which I mean, what else would a stinking cloud spell affect? I mean, your sinuses. Yeah, true. It could get up in there and then you could just smell it for days. Uh, below the ground, the air is said to be fresher, but in actuality stinks of burning flesh and hair. So that's how bad... <laughs> That's how bad the surface air is. It's worse than burning flesh and hair. Yeah, if you're driving and listening to this, pull over and use your car's cigarette lighter to burn yeah. some of your hair so you can know what we're talking about. And speaking of which, I couldn't find a cause for the burning flesh and hair. It didn't say. It just says it smells like burning flesh and hair down here. I don't know what's actually burning down. It's here. like when sh like when uh, fucking Ann's pretzels or whatever pumps the uh, <laughs> pumps the pretzel smell out into the mall. Oh god! Or like Cinnabon, they've got it like hooked up to a fan. <laughs> and man, it's starting to smell kind of normal it's in here. Can you turn on the hair and flesh burning smell? Can you, <laughs> hey, can you add more essential oils? To 
it's, to the aerator to make it smell like it's burning all the, air. The evil cinnamon uh, production factories. The evil cinnamon. Uh, the, okay, so here's what a lot of people don't know about evil cinnamon is you have to dry out some hair and then grind it up, and that's actually what it is. Oh, okay. Stinking cloud is a third level conjuration spell. Its casting time takes one action. It's at a range of 90 feet. You can target a 20 foot radius sphere centered on a point within range. Uh, Let's see. Your components are going to be VSM, a rotten egg, or several skunk cabbage leaves. Uh, is skunk cabbage a thing, or is it they talking about like like rotten cabbage? I, I think know. it's a thing, but I don't I'll know. Guess I'll Google skunk cabbage after this. <laughs> uh, it's actually cabbages that skunks grow. Just kidding. Duration is concentration up to one minute. Classes are going to be bard, sorcerer, and wizard that can cast this. I'm on roll twenty for some reason. Somehow I just clicked that link. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you create a 20-foot radius sphere of yellow, nauseating gas centered upon a point within range. The cloud spreads around corners, and its area is heavily obscured. The cloud lingers in the air for the duration. Each creature that is completely within the cloud at the start of its turn must make a constitution saving throw against poison, which gets worse as you level up. Mm -hmm. uh, on a failed save, uh, the resistance is against it, not the actual poison itself. On a failed save, the creature spends its action that turn uh, retching and reeling, not one Ooh, or the other, both. Okay. Creatures that don't need to breathe or are immune to poison automatically succeed on the saving throw. A moderate wind at least 10 miles per hour. I don't know what kilometer count that is. Uh, 14? I don't know. Good guess. Uh, disperses the cloud after four rounds. A strong wind at least 20 miles per hour. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even going to try. Disperses after one round. Okay, so basically the air here on the surface of Chamada um, makes it so you have to make a con save or you'll be retching and reeling the entire time. Yeah, you just show up here, and if you can't get over it, you're going to be having a bad day. you have day. a rough, rough day. Oof. All right, so the entire layer is said to glow bright red from the incandescent rock. In the World Tree model of the cosmos, it is said that Chamada burns brightly enough for the entire mount to be visible from the first layer of Callus, despite the enormous distance between the two. Um, I find that interesting. What but is the World Tree model of the uh, Cosmos? Is like that from like the second edition or some is that shit? Like the, it's drawn picture like a tree. Yeah. Picture okay. Yggdrasil, yeah. yeah. It wasn't very popular. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Uh, from the point of view of an observer in the first layer, Chamada appears to be a bright red burning moon. Uh, Chamada is home. Speaking of moons, here we go on a wild trip you're about to see. Chamada is home to a few major locations, one of which is the flying city of, of Nimicry. Nimicry appears like a small moon about 500 feet across, floating casually above Chamada's fiery furnaces. Okay. Spires and steeples jet out from its surface, and houses and buildings mar its circular perfection. The whole of the orb is paved and civilized and looks far gentler and more welcoming than anything on the plane has a right to be. The streets throng with happy-seeming people, and plenty of bustle goes on for at all hours. It looks actually like an ordinary prime world settlement, except for the fact that it's built on a sphere and it's also very small. So by people, you mean like, people. you know, humanoid races? Yep. Okay, for sure. But in truth, the whole city is in fact a total sham. <laughs> it is no city or moon. It's a space station. Instead, it is a singular living being, a great mimic that parrots the motions of life to lure bodies to it. That is awesome. <laughs> it's just ego, the living planet. Yeah, which despite being in the sky, the city mimic seems to have enough success at attracting prey that it continues its bizarre farce. All right. One of the worst things about the city is that a body doesn't have to be eaten by it to become a part of it. If even a drop of blood falls on the streets, the city can produce the form and memory of the person up to that point. In fact, the city often goes out of its way to make sure that some minor mishap befalls each visitor at least once during their stay so it can obtain another memory template. 
Though it eats most of its visitors, some it lets go so they, they can tell their friends about the wonder of the floating city. <laughs> you get to live. Uh, yeah, Sorry right. I ate your mom. <laughs> tell your friends. <laughs> right. Bye. Shimada is also <laughs> the home of the Bastion of Hate, realm of the demigods, son of Bane. Um, God and Bane is the god of tyranny. tyranny. Oh. Yeah, there we go. So it's the demigod son of Bane's realm. Why didn't I get his name? I should have wrote his name in there. Um, but Bane himself is a god of tyranny. Um, and also the divine realm of Rictus, which belongs to Manzacorian, the illithic god of secret knowledge. I am the king of Gotham City. <laughs> Just kidding. Finally, Chamada is home to a famous center of Eugolith society, the Tower Arcane. This is a great library inhabited by the Arcanoloths, and within it is contained all the record, recorded history of the Eugolith and all records and contracts of their participation in the Blood War. What's an Arcanoloth again? The fox demon people. Ah, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right, next up. Mungath, the burning ice. <laughs> this is the third layer. <laughs> Mungath is a land of falling ash and burning snow. The furnaces of this layer are fewer and further apart, allowing ice and snow to build up in the dark places between active areas. And travelers have to brave the never-ending avalanches of wet snow and fiery rock. Black ice, man. It's scary. Mm -hmm. You don't want to hit that stuff. Mungath is under almost constant snowfall. The snow mixed with the volcanic ash turns acidic and can rapidly damage unprotected living creatures, burning through most ordinary clothing. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that sucks. And then your flesh. Uh, upon oh. hitting the ground, the snow and ash mixture turn into thick mud that makes the already precarious slopes extremely slippery. Mudslides and lava flows are common and frequently bury the... Bury the caves that serve as temporary shelters from the acidic snow. Oh, interesting. Major locations in Mungath. Number one, Death's Embrace, <laughs> realm of Velsharun, demigod of necromancy, uh, the patron of all liches. In appearance, uh, a moldy tomb. Death's Embrace is said to be a repository of all necromantic knowledge. Now, what, what is a moldy tomb? Like a tomb covered in mold? I get like the walls. Just, yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's mold everywhere. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> Number two, Auntland, realm of Loviatar, the evil goddess of agony. Okay. Uh, and number three, the Valley of the Outcasts, the hideout of the fire giant wizard Tetsuo, uh, an outcast from Fire Giant Society who is sympathetic towards other outcasts providing shelter when needed. Tetsuo manages arrangements with several Yugolifts to ensure the location's safety. Me wake up one day, do magic, other fire giant no like. Yeah. Me come here, welcome. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. What, do fire giants don't do magic like that, right? I mean, a fire giant wizard too. They can, sure. I mean, I don't know if that's why he's outcast. He probably did some horrible things. <laughs> I can't. Me cast fireball bad. Like if he was a good person, I don't know anything about Testua, by the way. So don't at me in the comments. But if he was a good person, he would have been exiled to probably a different outer plane. But he had to settle here because he sucks so much, probably. Okay, I got That's it. That's my guess. Yeah, well, yeah, you're probably a jerk if you live here because, like, the the cool places are actually not that cool. Like, it's a giant moon mimic or whatever. Right, exactly. Yeah, okay. All right, so uh, next up, the final layer, Krangath. Now for the final layer of Gehenna, Krangath the Dead Furnace. Oh. The fourth layer is devoid of any volcanic activity, even underground. All here is dark and cold. Although the rock comprising the slopes is volcanic in origin, the layer has been extinct for untold millennia. Not only geologically dead, the layer is also devoid of any other signs of life. There's no wind, no source of light, no heat, and no natural sounds. The only pervasive smell is that of brimstone. Uh, the only time wind blows on the slopes are when an occasional portal shifts the air. The only sounds heard here are the distant footsteps of visitors. The layer's rare petitioners keep very quiet for fear of being discovered by its residing lich lord. 
Ooh. The only inhabitable locations throughout Krangath are subterranean caves that provide some protection against the intense cold. Since nothing can survive on the surface, the cave systems are violently, violently disputed among the layer's inhabitants. There are only two locations of note on Krangath. Number one, Hopelorn, a city inhabited by liches and other undead spellcasters. Okay, it's a weird name. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's without. It's Lorne of Hope. It's without hope. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, dictionary stuff. Very cool. That yeah. would have helped me there. <laughs> and number two, the Night Below, realm of Shargas, the Night Lord. That's my latest uh, hip-hop jazz fusion album is the Night Below. I like it. Yeah. Shar- Shargaz is the orcish god of the cold, the dark, and the night, and patron of orcs that act stealthily in the shadows. The Night Below is a seemingly infinite series of tunnels and caverns that twist in all directions, inside and out, and sometimes over and around each other. The darkness here is nearly impermeable. No matter the magical source, no light can illuminate further than five feet. That's crazy. You know, what's even crazier is that Andre 3000 is on the Night Below album as a feature. Oh, that's an actual album. Uh, the Love Below is uh, oh, uh, by the outcast. Oh, okay. Andre okay. 3000. Nice, nice reference, yeah, bro. Thank you. <laughs> Any uh, questions about Jehanna? Um, oh, man. Uh, okay, my question is yes. about Jehanna. How do you, what do the layers look like in terms of moving between them? Um, like I mean, how, it's going to be portal stuff. Okay. Probably. Yeah, or stuff. you can, uh, you can sail down the river sticks. It'll always take you to the next level. Like if we plotted, uh, okay, that's cool. I like mm-hmm. that. So if we plotted a, a layer of Gehenna, Gehenna on a two dimensional, like, uh, you know, Super Mario style, you would just, 2d scroll all the way to the right and then there would be a portal at the end and you would go through or a pipe and you would go down it or i mean through the yeah portal. for some reason it was a 2d platformer i guess so yeah yeah if for some reason yeah, it was but otherwise like yeah there would just be portals either established created or naturally occurring between the layers that should be really interesting to do dungeons and dragons in like a 2d sort of environment yeah that would be very very kind of interesting very interesting there's a reason they don't make a lot of platformers though they don't they don't last forever in terms of like hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, like, uh, like, uh, like a Castlevania style 2D. Yeah, absolutely. I'd that love to play good. a D&D, a Metroidvania game. That'd be amazing. That would be kind of fun. Uh, okay, because I know that like going to the elemental plane of air is like you fly up into the sky and then you just like keep on going and eventually you're in the elemental plane of air for some reason. Like um, you just kind of slip over without really knowing it. It's not. Well, like a no, not thing. really. No. Yeah, we've talked about like going I mean, into like the you're in the ocean and like you're on a boat and then all yeah, of a sudden yeah you can slip through a portal. Yes, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But it's not. Can. It's not always like obvious. Like, yeah. Uh, like it's not like I need to Super go. Mario. Yeah. It's not like I need to go to the elemental air. So you just keep flying in the sky. It's like no, you would need to go find a portal. Okay. Like, you would know of one. But yeah. Uh, yeah, all right. That's that's interesting. I mean, uh, there's play there, right? Like, you can kind of make it so it's like, well, hey, how come the fuck we're just, like, never hitting land? Or, like, why are we starting to see, you know, or, like, I, I walked in, to, for some reason I walked into this volcano and I kept going down this tunnel and it kept just being hotter and hotter and now I'm seeing salamanders and stuff like that. Right, right, yes. Okay. That, that could also work as well. Okay, that, that that's what's like, okay, how are we moving between them? I love the river sticks as your option here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like, what is a portal... How do you implement this in a game? You know what I mean? Like uh, you just kind of like dowsing rod, a portal or something like that. Okay. So like you would need your players to even want to go to Johanna if, if you were doing it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe you start them at the bottom and they need to work their way out. Oh, like they get transported to Johanna? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, and they're trying to escape back home? Yeah. So they would need to move through the layers. Yeah. Their best like- bet would be try and move up through the layers and then try and find a, a layer that goes from 
Um, I think Kellis is the top layer, and you probably want to go from there to one of the elemental planes, and then from one of the elemental planes to the Back prime to the material, material plane. plane. Okay, yeah. that's cool. Because it's all about looking for the the thing most like. Yeah. Thing. Aside yeah. from the river sticks, I was having some trouble kind of visualizing how to move between them, but I feel like it kind of got Yeah, a better, I mean, it, it's pretty it. much the same as all the outer planes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, I had I had some some issues with that too, like okay. um getting getting in and out of those It's supposed to be extremely difficult. Yes. Yeah. Uh but like things happen and uh extraordinary mm-hmm. things are going to happen to your adventurers, which is going to make your interesting story. Yep. So, uh I other than that, I think uh it's pretty I mean, it's cool like can you get to, I mean, you can make it so you can get to whatever plane from whatever plane, right? But mm, like the flow yeah. of them is like how you were saying, like, uh, that's you know, the, the path of least resistance for sure. Otherwise right. you would need like some heavy high level multi spellcaster ritualistic shit. Yeah. So we can get to the abyss and the nine hells from Gehenna, Gehenna because of the river yes. six. Uh, yes, because what, of that, and also because it's it's easier to make a portal between those places than from the prime material plane to those places. Yeah, because they're adjacent somehow. Yeah, they're they're quote unquote closer together, and they're also more alike each other. Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, like so the terms of alignment help with, because uh, a lot of these planes are based in alignment, right? Like this would be a neutral alignment plane. Neutral evil. Right. And Abyss is chaotic evil, Nine mm-hmm. Hell's lawful evil. So if you're on the evil planer side, it's easier to go to other evil planes. Yes, yes. Lower planes, it's easier to get to lower planes. Higher planes, it's easier to get to higher planes. For yeah, sure. I think I think we uh, might take for granted like some of the stuff we've covered in older episodes because it's been a while. Like, uh, yeah, like I guess that's true. That. Yeah. So uh, that that was my. It's a good refresher. It's been a long time since we've done uh, Atlas Exterus. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ready to take a long rest? Yeah, definitely. Let's do it. Let's do it. Just outside the studio, ranking members of the Cult of D. McCor- oh. oh, hello, little closet friend. Breaking news, you say? Well, of course, I'll read. Hand me that envelope. Grimly and Grumly arrested? Unbelievable! D. McGorgon will not be happy when they find out about this. Also, how is this breaking news? This was literal weeks ago. I'm reading the document right now, literal, weeks ago. Lost? That's what you're going with? You got lost. Okay. Impudence. Sheer, utter impudence. Eldritch Blast! Sorry about that, folks. Looks like the fan club and myself have some work to do. Tune in next time for a proper scry. And as always, shout out to Demogorgon. Hey everybody, welcome to the long rest. This is the part of the episode where it's Slippy's time. Uh, and you're going to want some breathable ones. Maybe some Crocs. Those Maybe, are kind of like Slippy's. Possibly. Because it's hot. Yeah. It's hot in our studio and it's hot in Johanna. <laughs> um, I know we talked a lot about Patreon after our short rest. But we're going to talk some more about Patreon. About yeah, Patreon. we got some shout outs. We got to shout out the people out here supporting us. That's like right. So uh, there, that's one of the things you get. Any patron that comes in, no matter what dollar amount you support us at, gets a shout out. And we want to do them right, baby. We want to do them good. So shout out to Grazd. Thank you, Grazd. Yeah. Thank you, Will, for <laughs> Grazd. Grazd. Thank you. Ryan Elliott. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. Jonathan Granke. 
Thank you, Jonathan. Like your last name, Jonathan. Yeah, is it Granky? G-R-E-I-N-K-E. Yep, just like Zach Granky, one of my favorite pitchers. All right, there we go. <laughs> Thank you, uh, blood relative of, of Granky, pitcher, <laughs> one of Will's favorite pitchers. Uh, Peyton Denisar. Thank you, Peyton. Thank you, Peyton. Bear, 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 bear. Thank you, Peyton. Uh, Avery Van Salkema. Thank you, Avery. I think you might have sent us an email lately, Avery, and I replied. Ooh, very nice, Will. <laughs> Oh, wait. Thank you, Avery Von Sulkama. Thank you, Avery. Thank you, Avery. Um, Daniel Paoliolo. Thank you, Daniel. Paoliolo. Paoliolo. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. If you're up in the higher tiers when you upgrade i give you air horns i don't know if you guys have figured that out by now um <laughs> oh no it's the it's the german name that i had to, the oh um, squirrel druid i just forgot how to pronounce oh man i had to look it up last time with Marika's help okay they, they've re-upped or what yeah they re-upped okay do you gonna look it up thank you squirrel druid thank you squirrel druid <laughs> squirrel in german druid <laughs> Ah, lay the sleigh, Ben LeMay. Thank you, Ben LeMay. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> Thank you. Jordan Bolte. Thank you, Jordan. It has a, it's Bolt with an E at the end. Should I just say Bolt? You know, I don't I don't know. Bolte. Bolte. Bolta. And also, check this out. David. Thank you, David. Thank you, David. Thank you, David. Thank you, David. Enjoy your merch. <laughs> Enjoy that shit. <laughs> and uh, all you guys' actual play while it's still there. Um, it, it'll be there for a couple more months, and then we're going to start and filtering there's more stuff. on the way. Yeah. Um, check out Super Quest Saga, a Dungeons & Dragons actual play campaign that Will and I do. Will DMs, and I'm a player along with your special guest, Jake, and friend of the show, Josh Freeland. Uh, it is coming to its culmination. Point. It is. We're in, like, the final three or four episodes now. Yes. Uh, and you can check that shit out. For free. Yeah. Um, a podcast or YouTube form. A project that was only possible with contributions that we that we took from Patreon to convert into the equipment we needed to do that show. Uh, so, yeah, thank you guys. For, and to and to pay the people that help make it. Yeah, we which, have we have employees. We got to take care of them, too. Right. So uh, thank you. Guys, thank you guys so much. Uh, it turns out podcasting is hard as fuck when you're doing it like uh, by yourself like, and you yeah. only have so many skills. Yeah. So we, you know, contract people in to help us out with things like we don't draw all the art you see is paid and funded for by you guys. So like, thank you so much. Um, and we love commissioning art. We love artists and the things that you guys do. Um, you know, we, we we take care of like the editing, recording and stuff on our own and like will writes all the notes for the show and, and plotting out content and then we do all of our own post-production work and music and things like that but um a lot of the stuff that we have here in the studio is possible because of people like you on patreon so thank you guys so so much it's really really important uh for the growth of the show to have that income to uh you know use to make a better product uh, and that's what that's what we're about we want to do more we want to do more stuff um and uh we we max out our time to to make that happen uh, if you want to support us in other ways, leave an Apple podcast review or Spotify review or a like, subscribe, comment on YouTube. That stuff is all very excellent. It helps our algorithm. It helps us get noticed, which helps spread the word, which is our next point is to blood eagle the fuck out of this thing. <laughs> Tell everyone about it. Make it bleed from mm -hmm. up the middle and oh, turn it Jesus. into turn it into two when before it was one. 
Oh, I hate it. Uh, I hate it. What is that? Mitosis? I mean, do what he's saying, guys, but I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not in like a violent way, just, to, just metaphorical. Uh, also, we have a merch shop. If you want some like dungeon cast art on some merch, like a shirt or a hat or a cup or a tote bag, I think we got. And, like, yeah, we got kind- tote bags. We got ma- uh, mason jar stuff. We, we got, got totes. We got jars, baby. <laughs> do we have pens? I don't think we do. Uh, no, I don't think that was an option. Do we have pins? Yes, we do. We do, do we have, have pins. Pawns. I don't know what those are. Scrimly and Grumly. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and uh, we also have social media like uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and you can also reach out to us via email, uh, thedungeoncast at gmail.com. We also have a P.O. box if you would like to reach out to us via mail or send us some stuff. I mean, um, the shirts that we got on today from RPG Foundry were sent to our P.O. box, and you can find that address in the description below. Uh, if you send us like mail or a postcard or something like that, we will read it on the show. Uh, sometimes it's hard to get over there for me, but I, I pretty much check it before each recording session. Uh, and yeah, we're, we're good. We're good right now. Uh, we, we've been getting some stuff there. So thank you guys very much. And uh, like I said, if you send us a letter or a postcard, we will read it on the show, uh, probably in the longest portion. And I think that's everything we got. So with that, we're going to call it a game. Indeed. Bye. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.